It's a real blessing to uh, to be here, and uh, I think about your pastor. He's a, a good man, and I'm sorry that he's in the physical condition he's in. Um, I, and I don't mean to um, be putting anyone on the spot, but I really hope and pray that you're fasting and praying for your pastor. I'm sure you are. He needs it. Amen. He needs you all. And uh, good to see him up on his feet. Uh, we're doing well. We had a, a small fire, but it was a small fire in a critical location in the church where um, two rooms met and there was a large beam that supports the main roof structure. They had to get engineers and it took weeks to try and figure out to, how to replace that beam because it was the main beam for the the roof uh, and they worked with the city. But anyways, they finally got all that done. And uh, Romans 8.28, we had a fire and it gave us a wonderful remodel. Uh, the place looks better than it ever has been. So uh, praise the Lord. I mean, only the Lord could work something like that out. Uh, I'm glad he did. <laughs> We're small, so something like that's a big deal for us. Um, we met in the church, or met in the house, and we're only three miles from our, our church building, and our living room happens to be a long, large living room. So it, for us, it worked out wonderful. Um, seemed we had a good spirit and a liberty with the Lord, and uh, folk... Uh, did just just fine. We we did just fine. The, the burden of it went on my wife preparing the uh, church, so to speak, every Saturday night for services in the morning. Uh, I had the wonderful uh, privilege of not having to be late very often, as <laughs> I was right there. So uh, yeah, but now we're back in the building, and uh, it's good. It's good. All right, Hebrews chapter eleven. Hebrews chapter eleven. Your pastor told me, gave me a list of things, you know, don't preach on Sasquatch and so on and so forth. And I thought, okay, well, he didn't say anything about the Loch Ness Monster. So, no, we're, we're going to be looking at something just a little bit different. I think everyone here is familiar with um, sacrificial love. Uh, we're going to be looking at sacrificial faith. Sacrificial faith. And what does it mean to have sacrificial faith? And uh, we're going to try and do the best we can to look in the Word of God, get an idea what that is, and uh, Lord willing, uh, implement that, put it in our lives. All right, Hebrews chapter 11, if you all stand please, verse number 1. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 1, it says here, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Provide the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. And before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Amen. That's our goal, isn't it? Right. Uh, Verse number six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Interesting, isn't it? Impossible. I thought with the Lord, nothing was impossible. Well, God can't sin, right? And we're looking at things in our life that aren't possible. And to try and please the Lord without faith, 
That's a tough way to go. Amen. So we want to have faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You can be seated. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for the privilege to be here tonight to uh, preach and teach the word of God to these saints. And I pray, Lord, that you'd encourage them. I pray, Father, that you'd bless them. I pray, Father, that the end of this evening, this first day of the week, uh, would be just what they needed to wrap up the day and uh, get ready for the week to follow. God, we pray for their pastor, Pastor Ken Stewart. God, we pray that you'd have mercy on his condition. Bless his physical condition. Lord, we pray for the doctors that they would have an understanding of what they need to do, what ought to be done. And God, we'd be just happy and fine if you bypassed the doctors and took care of this. Uh, but Lord, whatever does happen, we know that you're not asleep. You're not unaware. And uh, God, you care more than we do. Father, please uh, bless him. Bless uh, us tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so sacrificial faith. Um, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And we understand that, sacrificial love. Uh, many movie themes uh, are uh, centered around sacrificial love. People giving their lives for somebody else, you know, so that they could be free or so that they could survive. Many war stories. You look at a hero and our hero is the guy that takes the bullet so his buddies can survive. Uh, sacrificial love is something we're, we're uh, familiar with. Um, in A Tale of Two Cities, Sidney Carton and the other main character, they both love the same woman, but the woman loves the other guy and they both look very similar. And uh, they're going to get the guy, he's a rich guy, and they had the French Revolution, they're going to kill all the rich people, and they were going to kill him. Well, Sidney Carton looked like him, and Sidney knew that the gal he loved really loved him, and thought, I look like him, I'll take his place at the uh, at the guillotine, and he and this gal can go free. And so he's in line... For the guillotine, he says, it's a far, far better thing I do than I've ever done. It's a far, far better rest I go than I have ever known. And, you know, you and I, we're familiar with that. We're familiar with that. What we're going to look at tonight is sacrificial faith. And uh, sacrificial faith is something where we know what we ought to do, but we don't know for sure how it's going to turn out. We know what the Word of God says and the instruction God gives us, uh, but we don't know what will happen if we do that. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty going on in the world today. Um, our country has gone through a lot of changes. It'd be nice if there for the better, but, you know, we, we know better than that. Um, I was just talking to uh, my brother back there. We're heading downtown to get some tracks out. And, uh, you know, you think about how things are going and uh, you think about how they were in Paul's time. Well, the stuff we uh, potentially face haven't necessarily faced much of it at all so far. Uh, but it's much less than what Paul and other Christians faced back when Paul wrote, Rejoice in Lord. Again, I say rejoice. <laughs> Amen. So uh, we can do this. We can get through this. We can face these things. I mean, it's Sunday. We got padded chairs and the heat's just right and 
around friends and brothers and sisters in Christ, we're okay. Man, we're okay. Well, how bad is it going to get, preacher? Well, that's part of sacrificial faith. Amen. Romans 14, 8, for whether we live, we live unto the Lord. And whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. Uh, it's doing what ought to be done, whether it works out or not. Amen? We want it to work out. We have a vested interest in it working out. We look in the mirror and that's our vested interest, you know. And what is work out? I, we're talking at work and I, and several of the people there are saved. And uh, I said, you know, I, I think we just need to understand that it could get a little rough and I hope it doesn't hurt too much. But it might not. It might not. <laughs> the rapture could take place right now. <sighs> All that worry and fretting over nothing. There was a gal uh, named Bethany Hamilton. She was a very successful surfer and was the top of her game. And uh, she was out practicing, you know, surfing, and a uh, shark bit her arm off. And almost died, lost a lot of blood. Uh, but she lived. And she's a, a born-again Christian. And they interviewed her and they said, you know, what do you think about this? You lost your arm. You're a top-notch surfer. What, you know, what do you think about that? She said, I'm able to reach more people with one arm than I was with two. <laughs> Courage doesn't mean you don't get afraid. Courage means you don't let fear stop you. Courage, sacrifice, determination, commitment, toughness, heart, talent, guts. Uh, these are just sayings I looked up. <laughs> That's what little girls are made of. Forget sugar and spice. Amen, ladies? Fear is something that can really hold us back from different things in life. It's important to notice what your fears are and try to conquer them. God did have something bigger planned for me when we all... what we all needed to do was trust and believe. Amen? It'd be, it'd be a blessing in this life to fulfill that potential. When my wife and I, back in 1993, uh, the Lord clearly directed us to come to the Northwest and to Portland in, in particular, you know, come start a church and uh, get the Word of God out and endeavor to get the gospel out, you know, and I had, uh, you know, visions of uh, having a successful church, getting the gospel out, preaching and teaching people the word of God. And, you know, 30 years later, uh, we're preaching and teaching the word of God. We're getting the gospel out and uh, it's been a blessing. Amen. Could you imagine if it all worked out the way you planned? We'd, we'd miss out on the impossible God has planned, right? There was a British SAS team that was inserted into enemy territory. I think it was Iraq or Afghanistan. And uh, these folks were uh, elite, elite special forces. And one of the guys got captured and they were uh, torturing him and torturing him relentlessly for days and days and days. 
And he prayed and he said, God, if you are real, prove it and deliver me. God didn't deliver him. He said, well, that confirms my beliefs that you're not real. Folks, if the Lord doesn't deliver you, what will you say to the Lord? God was real when he went in and got tortured, and God was real when he got out. Hopefully, he'll get saved before he dies, because there's a lot more pain to come if he doesn't. Lord doesn't have to prove anything to us. Hasn't he proved enough already? If he didn't give us any more blessings, not one, hasn't he give us, given us a lifetime full? How much has he given us that we don't deserve? The Bible says we're to walk by faith and not by sight. Sacrificial faith doesn't need to see anything. Easy for you to say, preacher. No, no, I'm with you. I, I want the, you know, the bennies that come along with being a Christian. I want the blessings. But they're not a guarantee. I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. That's a guarantee. I mean, a straight betwixt two, having desired to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better, nevertheless to abide in his flesh is for needful for you. He said, I've learned to be abased and I've learned to abound. I've learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Amen. What would it be? Would it be okay for the Lord to let you live that verse? We're, 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 uh, independent Bible-believing Baptists. I'm not trying to, you know, threaten anybody at all. I'm just, you know, trying to expand our concept of faith and, and pleasing the Lord. If, if it was okay for Paul to live those verses, he said, be followers of me. Amen. I think your pastor's living some of that. Sacrificial faith doesn't need to see anything. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We get to see it all in, I don't know, whenever, short order, I know that. From there looking this way, short order. From here looking there, long ways away. You know, zero to ten seemed like it took like about a hundred years, right? From the time you were born to the time you were ten or fifteen years, seems like about a hundred years. I'll tell you what, man, from 50 to 60 or from 40 to, to 60, it seems like it's that long <laughs> and going quick, right? The evidence of things not seen, you want to you wanna see something that you can go on? Just look around, amen? Beautiful trees, flowers on the trees there. Sunrise, sunset. I mean, gorgeous. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament sheweth his handiwork. Look at the stars at night. We were uh, very um, privileged as a young couple. They were looking for um, coaching talent in Australia. And my old high school coach gave them my name. Said, would you be interested in, in doing this? We were first married. You know, didn't have anything really going on. And I thought, well, you know, hey, that might be a good opportunity. Someone paying your way to go to Australia and coach gymnastics. So we went ahead and went, and we were in this 
small town called Geelong, a little resort town in southern Australia. Um, and we went out at night and looked out, and there wasn't all the lights of the city. It was a small town. And you look at the the sky, and it's just spattered with white dots. It almost takes your breath away, you know. You want to see something? Take a look at the stars at night. Amen. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they're without excuse. And, you know, we apply that oftentimes to the lost soul, but it's good for the saint too. Amen. It's good good for us to look around, see what the Lord made, and just wonder at God's uh, handiwork. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. I remember I was in the college, you know, and we're going through human anatomy, and... Um, they're explaining about the, you know, the endocrine system and the musculoskeletal system and all these different systems. And several times we'd raise our hand and ask the instructor a question and he'd say, you know, we don't know. What? I thought you guys knew everything. They just, of course, this is a while back, back in the dark ages, but they just didn't know. <laughs> uh, you know, a lot that uh, the Lord's designed, they just don't know. John chapter 20, verse number 25. Uh, the other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Of course, this is Thomas. <laughs> and after eight days again, his disciples were... Thomas with them, then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. (laughs) You know, we look at Thomas, it's easy from the armchair quarterback. Boy, that guy really messed up. Dude, come on, you should have trusted him. I mean, after all the miracles he did, John said you couldn't, there there wouldn't be enough books in the world to write down everything he did. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. I'd like to say that to him when he asked me to do something that I don't know how it's going to turn out than after it turns out. And say, my Lord and my God, thank you for making this thing work. I was hoping you would and you did. I wonder how many times the Lord gets thanks before, whether it works out or not. And that's sacrificial faith, part of it, you know. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Examples of this, uh, one of them would be Abraham. Uh, Lord says, Abraham, Abraham, he says, here am I. He said, take thy son, thine only son. And it, you, don't, you notice what the Lord adds in there. <laughs> Whom thou lovest. That's kind of odd. Why'd you throw that in there? I want this to be a real test. Offer him up for burnt offering. And saddled up his ass in the morning, took his son, 
everything you needed to make a burnt offering? Son says, everything's here, but where's the, where's the sacrifice? You know, Lord will provide himself a lamb. Of course, prophetic of Jesus Christ. But here, Abraham doesn't know what's going to happen. This story hasn't been told. He didn't have the opportunity to read Genesis before he took off. And the Lord provided an out. The king of Nineveh? Nineveh was a crummy place. The Jews didn't like Nineveh very much because they were adversaries to Israel. And, you know, when you have someone that's a bully that pushes you down or knocks your books out of your hand or steals your lunch or, you know, whatever, it's not much fun. You tend not to like that guy too much. And Nineveh was that kind of guy to Israel. And uh, Jonah didn't want to go. (laughs) I don't want to tell him because I know what you're going to do. I know what you're going to do. And I don't want to be any part of it. And, of course, the Lord got his attention. Thank God. You ever wonder why some of the times you go through some weird stuff? You're like, Lord, don't you see what I'm going through? You know, I didn't really notice. I was just, tell me about it. <laughs> and Lord, just trying to get our hearts in a, you know, where we're a little more malleable. And um, so he finally went and uh, he preached what a lot of messages I preached in the past. <laughs> 40 days, 40 nights, and Nineveh should be overthrown. No repentance. No hope, nothing. Just negative. <coughs> Pulpit pounding, paint blistering preaching. Not even an invitation. Guess who came up with the invitation? Without an invitation. The king. He gave a command. He said, I want everyone to repent. Even the animals, sackcloth, ashes. What is that? That's an unsaved king practicing sacrificial faith in hopes that Nineveh won't be overthrown. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even unto the least of them. For the word came unto the king of, of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from him and covered him with sackcloth and satin ashes, and he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by a decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water. Wouldn't it be something to see America have a a nationwide fast declared by President Biden? Oh, President Biden's a lot worse than this guy. Really? You pray for President Biden? And let me ask you, if you do pray for President Biden, is there any compassion in your heart when you do pray for him? It's, It's that kind of praying bends the heart of God. And I'll tell you what, something happened here. And this is the king. 
This is the words out of the king's mouth. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? (laughs) And God was entreated. Wouldn't you like to have that kind of power with the Lord? That kind of influence. And God saw their works that they turned from their evil way. And God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them. And he did it not. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel chapter 3, verse number 12. And there are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. You ever been brought before the boss? I hate it when he says, could you shut the door behind you? Right. No. Can I just sneak out the door? Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, did not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, fluke, harp, sackbut, sultry, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if ye worship not, ye should be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? We know the story, so it's, you know, the Lord's going to deliver him. You ever been in that position where you're like, man, is there going to be deliverance here? What, what I'm trying to uh, get us to do and what I believe the Lord wants to get us to do is if we can put ourselves in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's position before we know the outcome and not care how it turns out. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king, but... If not, be it known unto the king, unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Daniel was in a similar situation. The, he was uh, one of the top princes that, um, was it Darius set up? And uh, the other princes were jealous and wanted his position and kind of tricked the king into signing a decree that no one could make a petition of anyone but the king. Now, when Daniel knew that he that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being open and his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Daniel, yeah? Why didn't you shut the windows? What were you thinking? Don't you know they can see you? 
And now they're telling the king. Now, you know, we're to be wise as serpents, harmless as doves. And, and maybe, you know, I'm a little bit that way to a fault. I, I don't like pain. I don't want to get caught. But, you know, Daniel, something, isn't it? And what happened? The Lord delivered him. Great victory. Sometimes the Lord doesn't come to the rescue. Is that going to be okay? But Lord, you got, you've got to answer this prayer. Does he? Well, if God were God, why wouldn't he answer this prayer? You know what the Lord loves? Faith. Jesus Christ prayed in the garden. The angels strengthened him, if it be possible. What if he doesn't deliver you? It'd be good to prepare for that. I mean, maybe it'll never happen. Maybe it'll all be, all be just like, you know, the king of Nineveh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Daniel. Maybe that's how it'll be till we get called out of here. But if it doesn't, wouldn't it be good to have a heart prepared just in case? Where we can please the Lord if, however the Lord answers or doesn't answer. Aren't we created to please Him? Hebrews chapter 11, part of our text verse. Verse number 34, quench the violence of fire. Amen. Escape the edge of the sword. Amen. Out of weakness were made strong, wax valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the alien. Women received their dead raised to life again. It's not even the end of the verse. <laughs> Midverse and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. I don't know what the judgment seat of Christ is going to be like. I hope it's a blessing. But I know there's an opportunity for us to please the Lord if things don't work out like we planned. But God, I'm reading, I'm praying, I'm going to church. I'm, we're having devotions with the family. I'm a good wife. You see who I have to submit to? <laughs> I should get a crown just for that. Judgment seat of Christ, amen. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder. They say, I mean, I, I honestly haven't done a lot of research on this, but I have heard that Isaiah, uh, he met his end by being uh, thrust into a hollowed out tree and they cut the tree in half with him in it. That's... I haven't studied it up. That's what I heard. I wouldn't doubt it. Many of God's prophets had a, you know, violent end. But it didn't mean the Lord didn't love them.
They wandered about in sheepskin and goatskin, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented. Of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. That uh, SAS British soldier said, God, if you deliver me out of this torture chamber, I'll believe you. And the Lord didn't deliver him. Is that who we're going to follow? Are those the decisions that you and I will make in our heart and mind? Or right now, before it happens, and hopefully it doesn't, will we prepare our hearts and minds to say, you know what, Lord? I'm with you. Whatever. Pray for grace if it hurts. Pray for wisdom to make the right decision. And to go through whatever lies ahead in a God-honoring way. And maybe it's just a, a trumpet call. But the Lord knows. And He loves us. And He's God. Amen.